Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I've noticed that during this pandemic and the sheltering at home with everyone, we have caught each other speaking in half sentences. We have used statements that really make no sense. We start a sentence and then, you know, but but you don't know because I didn't finish my thought. It's weird, and without all the information that remains in the speaker's head, it's hard to understand. And we often look at each other like, what? Our gospel text has struck me this way at times in the past. Understand, I am not saying that the scriptures are not clear, but in looking at one passage, it seemed cryptic to some extent and must have been more so to the disciples. Jesus seems to acknowledge this when he says in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You can almost hear them saying, Jesus, what the heck are you talking about? Speak English, please. Or possibly Greek or Aramaic. To paraphrase, but I am going to him who sent me. You don't ask where I'm going. This has you full of sadness. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And it says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. At this point, my head would usually be spinning and giving up. So let's break this down. In the first place, Jesus speaks of going to his Father. This is all pre-resurrection for the disciples. They do not fully understand his departure. Jesus told them of the need for him to be raised up and put on the cross and be resurrected. He has warned them of all the turmoil that will come their way in the future because of their faith in him and their witness. that They will be hated and even put to death. But he has also told them of the helper that will come. This is the reason for Jesus' departure. He must be crucified, die and be buried, and on the third day be raised from the dead. All of this, along with his departure, his exodus back to his Father in heaven, will set in motion the coming of the Helper, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Until Jesus fulfills his reason for entering into creation as incarnate God, taking upon our flesh, The Holy Spirit has no good news to proclaim. The good news is that the battle has been won. The disciples would be given the Holy Spirit on the great day of Pentecost when the resurrected Lord began calling his church through the work and power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son and speaks, giving testimony to what Jesus has done for all creation. He brings no new revelation. He simply testifies to the forgiveness of sins. He testifies to our being given a right relationship with God in heaven because of what Jesus has done. This is so different from what our fallen and sinful human minds can comprehend. The disciples were having trouble putting all the pieces together and they had Jesus with them. Now he was going away. And their faith would be tried as he was crucified and buried. Even with the resurrection, they did not put all the pieces together. 
but it happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came with the sign of the wind and the fire atop the disciples' heads and they testified to the world of Christ. Then by that same Holy Spirit, they were inspired to write the Holy Scriptures for you. And the Holy Spirit still works through their written words, not because they were theirs, but because they were and still are God's words. The Holy Ghost brought no new revelation of God. He only proclaims Christ crucified for sinners, our justification before our Father in heaven. He must, because we cannot know God and his love for us otherwise. In our sinful, fallen condition, we want to believe we can know God's love on our own terms. We make up rules thinking we can please God or another small g God, but there is no small g God to please, and we fail miserably in our quest to know the one true God's love based on our accomplishments. We in our fallen and sinful state too easily fall into the trap of desiring to do the work of pleasing God versus simply having faith in His Son. Total, life-giving, resurrection faith. It sounds simple to say, but we can't even confess it by our own strength. It has to be God's work in us, and it is done by the Holy Spirit. Remember, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. It sounds so simple, and we repeat it, some of us daily, some of us weekly in church, but it demands total submission to the will of God that only the Holy Spirit can work and create in us. Remember in our confession, the part about how I believe that I cannot believe? Remember that? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. God gave man, meaning man and woman, wonderful minds to do amazing things, things to help us in this life. Remember how we have told you in the past week or so to use that reason and knowledge to decide when it is right for you to return here to the sanctuary, and to worship versus worshiping online as you are doing now. You have got, been given this great gift of God to look at facts and to make decisions, smart ones, to help you in this life. But with the fall into sin, that reason and ability and strength is so damaged that we are but walking dead when it comes to knowing our all-loving Heavenly Father. Praise be to him, to God, the big G God, that the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in this one true faith. Our faith is God's work. He calls, he gathers, he sustains. This wonderful comforter, the Holy Ghost, comes and sets up residence in us through our baptisms so that we can now live at peace with our loving Heavenly Father. We have no fear because all our sins and guilt were taken away and laid on Christ. I know what you're thinking, but pastor, I'm still a sinner. Me too. That is why we confess our sins over and over and over again. And each time we receive Christ's absolution over and over and over again, like we did this morning at the beginning of our service. 
It's like recharging the battery in your cell phone, except we, unlike a cell phone, we never die or become obsolete in the eyes of God. God the Father and Jesus the Son are in work in us through the Holy Spirit. Doing what, you say? The Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin through the law of God. For some, that is all they seem to hear. It's called legalism. It seeks to keep the law and diminish, or at worst case, do away completely with the salvific work of Christ. Have you ever heard, well, you have to believe in Jesus and. If the and is anything other than baptism, and I'm not talking about the second one you may be told you need, run. It's legalism. Legalism only creates terror when we try to face God on our own merits. What is needful is only faith in Christ and what he has done for you on the cross. This is the convicting of the world concerning righteousness or goodness. There is only one who is righteous before God, and that is his son. His righteousness was proven by the fact that the grave and death could not contain his perfect innocence. The devil thought, probably for a fleeting moment, that Jesus' words, it is finished upon the cross, were true. He thought he had vanquished the Christ, but the one who was condemned and put to death was an innocent man. And not only a man, but the God-man, the Son of God incarnate. The devil proved himself to be a liar the father of all lies, and it was testified to by the father with the resurrection of Jesus, his son. It is finished, did not refer to the death of Jesus that the devil desired. It referred to the end of death itself, death replaced with eternal life for those with faith in Christ. For the unbelieving world, these words make no sense. It's like a gong or traffic noise or clashing cymbals. It's just noise. Those called by the Holy Spirit to faith in Christ, it is the promise of salvation. The conviction of sin has taken place. Righteousness has been handed out freely and judgment has been passed. You are free in Christ Jesus, hidden in him through the hearing of his word and the gift of the sacraments of baptism in his body and blood. No matter what half-complete message you may receive from those around you on the news from your doctor or in goofy emails, know that God is not a God of confusion and half-truths. The full counsel of God is, his, is in his holy scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit to save us by giving us faith in Christ Jesus, his Son. In Isaiah's day, God's people, Israel, endured innumerable threats and many placed their trust in things other than God. They listened to the voice of the devil and to lies. But their loving father was there preserving a people for himself. We, as Christians, are that new Israel, God's people called by the Holy Spirit to faith in Christ. It is a faith that can stand up to the trials of the day and even death, knowing God is with us and has walked in our path, sinless and perfect. It is a faith freely given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
It is a faith we can share confidently with the help of that same Spirit. In that faith with Isaiah, we confess our sins before God and sing with joy the praises of God our Father with a loving, righteous, and trusting fear. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known to all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.